Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. Well, my name is Josh Elledge, and with me right now, this is this is Josh Squared. Uh, this combined <laughs> podcast episode, trying something kind of unique. Uh, I, I am ch- chatting right now with Josh Tapp, and Josh, you are the founder and CEO of the Lucky Titan. You're found on the web at theluckytitan.com. Yeah, that's the best best place to find us. And then, I mean, obviously, we've got the legendary Josh Elledge here, right? And I I do want to intro you, Josh. I know people are going to be listening to this, but you're that guy that I'm like, everybody mentions you and I've never met you. Haven't ever met you. And then like a month ago, we meet up and I'm I'm like, oh man, yep. Cut from the same cloth, doing something very similar. So I'm I'm super excited for you guys and up my influence as well. The Joshes of the world are uniting to make the world a better place. You can always trust a Josh. (laughs) (laughs) So if you find another Josh in the podcasting space, hit us up because- Send him our way. That really is like- We really need to start a mastermind. What a cool podcast that would be. I only interview Joshes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's possible. I feel like it'd be totally doable. Yeah, so this will be a unique conversation in that um, you know it's it's not so much a, an interview, but uh, you and I are, are so equally passionate about uh, a you know a, a way of I don't want to say it, it's not really an, even a form of marketing. It is it's a way of authentically building your business through what I believe, particularly if you're in the B2B space, I think one of the most effective things that you can do if you're trying to stay in that, you know, that that growth space as a founder CEO of your company, what are the things that you should be doing as a CEO? And I'm of the opinion, Josh, that I think high level networking, there's not a whole lot that compares with it. Um, you know, you could blast the airwaves with ads. You could certainly, you know, hang out and do the CEO hustle thing every day and hang out on clubhouse and hang out on social media and slide into DMS and try to, you know, just hit people over the head with sales messages. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, right. It's like as founders, you know, we have to, we have to do the activity that resonates with who we are. Right. And when there's misalignment for me, it's painful. I I, right. I know that if you love people that then this conversation right here, I think is going to be so valuable for uh, our guest that's listening to our conversation right now, because Josh, you and I both believe in the same concept of growth through generosity and platform specifically as a, as a means to leverage that generosity. Yeah. Well, and, and I love when we first met, you know, I was so, so interested in the way you're doing it because we both have very similar methodologies, but like you're saying, it's, I would almost call it the next generation of networking sales and marketing. I mean, all right. three of those kind of combine when you have a platform that genuinely is leveraged correctly. I think you and I are both on the same page with that. So I'm excited to really dive into that today with you. For sure. Um, and, and so specifically now, um, you know, because again, we're, we're using some broad terms. Like I, I use terms like generosity and platform. What's he talking about? Well, <laughs> platform. So so if we, uh, I'll kind of share my little my, my little take on it, Josh, and I'd, I'd love your, um, you know, you kind of your view on, on all of this. But, um, you know, for me, uh, I have always done more business in the green room than I do on stage. When I'm on stage, I'm there on 100% generosity. I don't know that I've ever been a really good, <laughs> you know, uh, salesy, good salesperson from the stage. Like I, I get uncomfortable. I feel like my role there is to change lives as much as possible. And, um, you know, to the extent that I leave it all out on the table for people. And I should, it's like, how can I give someone, you know, $20,000 in value there? So I, I usually shy away from big 
you know, act now, the timers click, you know, goings, you know, it's been difficult for me to do that kind of marketing. And and I just, I find that, you know, if I can have a private one-on-one conversation with someone that like there's matched energy, like that is always been where my greatest leaps forward in business has been. So what can we do to replicate that method of Bob Berg would call it, you know, a go-giver approach to business, right? Right. Where you're going to lead with generosity. It's about how can I invest into a relationship and how can I truly lead with others outcomes in it first and the byproduct of that, the, the natural byproduct of that oftentimes is collaboration or a sale in a way where, again, financially, it's good for business. Uh, so, um, you know, when I say pod or when I say uh, platform, um, we've tested a lot of things. Platform can be any a lot of different things. You can use social media in great ways. You know, if you have a good following in a certain media channel, you can absolutely use that. For me, you know, I've tested a lot of stuff and I keep coming back. Nothing to me seems to outperform podcasts for me. But again. That's just, you know, where, where, where I generally hang my hat. Um, but, but that's, that's my, I would say how I would describe, uh, you know, our approach to this, Josh, I, I'll, yeah. I'll let you kind of yeah. take this. No, I, I agree with you entirely because I, the truth is, is that the way that I see business having done multiple different companies at this point, same as you, I, I really don't like the salesy tactics. I'm a more introverted person. I I'm fine speaking on stage, but I'm the same way. I'm like, I've never gone to an event and been able to say I trackably gotten X, Y, Z amount of sales. And there are a lot of people out there who do. I mean, you look at like the Russell Brunson's of the God world. God bless right? you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, man, you've, you've mastered the science. Um, but to me, I'm, it's so much faster and easier just doing it from a computer right? or interviewing people. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm under the opinion of that platform platform really is inconsequential. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you're doing it. It's the conversations you're having. The, the reason I lean towards podcasting is A, I've been in it for a long time, same as you. But the, the reason I lean this direction is that people aren't going to sit here scrutinizing every number and they're not going to be sitting here doing a whole bunch of research on you. They're going to say, okay, you have a show. It has. It sounds like it has my ideal customer. I'd like to come on your show. And, and that mm-hmm. presents the opportunities for these partnership sales and what have you. You know, And I, I look at your methodology and I say, you know, if you're, you know, like, why are you hinging mostly on podcasting more than any other methodology? I'm just curious. Yeah. So um, now let me give you a couple of other examples, right? Um, so in, in what I'm, so here's the goal, right? Is you want to be able to create an environment where you can spend time like um, proximity. So proximity leads to familiarity. Familiarity, um, we start building up familiarity bias. Um, You know, oh my gosh, I've spent time with you either virtually or live. And now we start to build no like and trust. We build a relationship together. And particularly in big ticket sales and particularly in B2B, um, that is how business gets done. I've been in the big ticket sales world for a long time. I've seen the slimy, you know, all of the nonsense kind of um, salesy approach. And guess what? Everybody knows what I'm talking about as I'm kind of, I didn't even have to describe it a whole lot. You know (laughs) what I'm talking about. And it feels awful. So um, what I like this concept of platform, why platform is so important is that it, it creates an excuse where the other person, your guest right? Um, And you can work together in service of somebody else. Now, if there's a personality when presented with that invitation says, no, no, thanks. I'm not interested in that. That's good. That's a filter. And and filters are very good because I like to work with generosity focused business leaders. And those are, I I find that those are the easiest people to collaborate with. You know, oftentimes, you know, you, you might look at this approach that we're talking about and saying, oh, okay, so I'm just going to make a bunch of sales uh, by interviewing my dream customers. Let me be so emphatic on this point. Do not bastardize what I'm talking about right now. That would be such a disservice to the other person if that was your intention. Your intention should be a la go-giver. How can I create something incredible here for this other person. And just trust that the natural byproduct of that 
is going to be, I can, I've got to tell you our math, generally about 26% of the time, they're going to end up investing in something that I have to offer. But the other 74% of the time, it's other stuff. Like, because what we're, what we're not talking, we're talking about building a relationship first and then trusting that two cool people that are both centers of influence, they'll figure it out. I mean, right. and, and, and again, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, like this is something, and I've actually done like full on trainings about how introverts specifically can use this. And I, I have to, I would argue, I don't think there's anything better. If you have, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, an, I, I'm somewhat introverted despite my energy. <laughs> um, but most importantly is I'm, I'm very much that empath personality. Right. If I don't feel like I'm getting the real person, um, it, it hurts me. Right. And so like if someone's just sliding in my DM or sending me cold email or whatever, like that's painful for me to experience. I feel ripped off. Um, So in platform that allows you the opportunity to let your guard down, take your sales hat off for a second, build a relationship. And if you can build a few hundred relationships, I'm of the opinion that it's game, set, match in your business, because now you have a few hundred friends that are centers of influence that wouldn't hesitate to send people your way. Or if there's an opportunity to collaborate, they're definitely going to be open to it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you're talking about really that mindset mindset shift, right? It's that, it's that shift in emotion where you have to start saying, how do I make this work without being the slimy sales guy? Because I'm under the same opinion as you. I think if you come at every conversation saying, I'm going to sell this person, Ugh. you're going to end up with a maybe one out of 20, right? And they're going to yep. probably not be your best customer, right? Yeah. We, well, can, we Josh, just, can I ask you, why is that? What's, what happens there that screws it up? I, I really feel like it, it's intention, right? It's people can feel that intention. Yes. And, and I tell people all the time is like, people have that discernment. We, we have a BS filter, right? Where we can <laughs> tell somebody is just throwing it at us. Right. And I mean, we've all experienced those moments where somebody, you know, we, we spent 15, 20, 30, $50,000 on something to just be completely let down. Right. And, and I know for myself, when somebody refers me, somebody so say, you know, I need to hire an Instagram agency or something. Right. I had that happen once. And I had some people who just totally, cause I'm not interested in social media and they're like, Hey, let's do it. And I was sold on it. Cause I'm very easily sold. Please don't abuse that people, <laughs> but they basically sold me into it. I really didn't have a good experience and I left, yeah. but then I had somebody else who referred me somebody. I, it was like one call. I came back a month later and they're like, Hey, we blew up your Instagram. All these things that happened. Here's a couple sales that came from it. And I remember going, wow, like, that was worth my time because I, I knew I could trust that person because they were the BS filter for me. Right. Cause there was a a human in between us. It's not something that you can solve with funnels or anything. It's that no like, and trust that everybody is looking for. That's what the host of a podcast is. We are that filter, right? Yeah. That's my personal belief in it. Yep. Um, there's a really good book that I recommend from time to time. It's called uh, Marketing Rebellion by Mark Schaefer. And he talks about what most Fortune 500 companies know about the mindset of consumers today. Uh, my background for the past 15 years has been studying and leading on consumer behavior. And I can tell you, like, I was, I'm a teeny, 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 part of the problem <laughs> that marketers have today is because for years and years and years and years, I was educating consumers on don't fall for traps. Don't fail, for, you know, don't fall for fake marketing. You know, here's how to be, you know, here's how to use online tools to make sure you're getting a great deal. Here's how to research companies. Like, and I'm, I really, uh, as a consumer advocate, believe in that strongly. And so, um, you know, in Mark's book, he talks about, you know, that we're dealing with a population that has been experimented upon for decades now, particularly this past 10 years, we've been exposed to advertising messages and marketing messages at a pace never before experienced on the planet. What do you think is going to happen to a population that is exposed to that sort of um, exposure? Well, it's going to create a hyper-resistant consumer whose guard is always up. We have to to protect our focus and our attention and our, and our emotional well-being, you know, we don't, and, and then, you know, think about, you know, what it's like to be a key decision maker with a company uh, or a center of influence, a significant center of influence, right? You are getting bombarded 
Like I, it's, it's insane. I've been in the media um, for most of those, you know, 15 years and uh, I get bad pitches every day. And uh, I, you know, they just, I have created so many filters <laughs> and I am so quick to ignore nearly everything that comes into my inbox with a few exceptions. Right. <laughs> Very and, few. And those exceptions is what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, because there was, it was a referral. Is that what you're saying, Josh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's that leading with generosity. Um, I, 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 um, I'll just give you this quick example. Josh, I want, uh, I, I'd love your take on this is, you know, think of it um, like, let's say, and I, I love the role of like thinking about like, if I were selling like lawn care services, how would Josh Elledge do that? And I suspect this is how uh, Josh Tapp would do this as well, is instead, <clears throat> instead of, you know, banging on the door and boy, do I have a deal with century for you and blah, 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 and start just selling, selling, selling. Listen, that's what like 98% of lead gen companies are doing today. And it's so disappointing. It's disappointing for all of that money that's being invested into these old school ways of selling. That's no different from if you've ever been to an event and here comes someone and you're like, Hey, how's it going? And then they give you an elevator pitch that lasts like three to five minutes long. How do you feel when you get that? Like I, again, I talked about my empath personality, but I hate, I mean, I just, it's painful to me to hear that. I feel, I feel like I, I really wanted to get to know the real you, but you did not give me that opportunity. And, and I can't tell you how sad that makes me because I'm, I trust you're a really good person. Same thing with cold email, cold DM. So lawn care, if let's say that, um, you know, I see someone out in their lawn and, you know, I'm treating the, I'm like, oh, 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 and I run over and I point something out in their grass and I say, look, you see this little pattern right here? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what chemical, chemical you can buy right now. And you can treat, matter of fact, I got some in the truck. I'm just going to take care of it. I am a lawn nerd. Right. <laughs> and, and I don't even care about like, I don't even care about the sale at this point because I'm passionate about improving the lives of other people. And so then I, I spend some time with that homeowner and I, and I tell them, you know, so you could get this, make sure in the fall you do this or whatever, and uh, you'll be great. If you have a lawn care company, make sure you pass this information along to them because <laughs> I, I think clearly maybe they missed some stuff right here. Um, but listen, call on me, like just send me a message, text me or whatever. Send me a picture of like, if you ever have anything else that comes up in your lawn and I'll, I'll take a look at it and I'll tell you what to buy. I'm, I'm thrilled to do that. Now, some salespeople, just heard what I said there and, and they probably started getting hives. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's but, so slow. It's not predictable, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. What is the state of my relationship with that homeowner right now? Am I a friend to them? Am I more of a friend or more of a salesperson? Now, if I truly was genuine, because you, you said it, Josh, we broadcast intention. Always, you can, if your words are not in alignment with your intention, guess what? We can smell it. We can smell it a mile away. <laughs> and so you, you, you have to begin with that premise of you know leading with generosity first and truly um, valuing the well-being of other people and wanting to improve the lives of other people. Um, but yeah, so if you lean, so if you lean into the friendship. You may not win the business in that day, but you will gain a friend for life. And eventually, we generally trust our friends more than service providers. Um, go through the side door when everybody else is banging on the front door and just go ahead and be their friend. Yeah. See, and, and I love that analogy. That's such an awesome analogy. There was, a, there was a guy I interviewed years and years ago, and what he was a real estate agent, but what he did was so unique. He, he, instead of doing the typical real estate agent thing, right? Oh, I'm going to get you better rates. I'll get you in a better house. Here's this home that I have on Facebook, right? I always call it like whoring out your content, right? For lack yeah. of a better word. <laughs> but, uh, but what he did is he actually promoted, Hey, here's this guide step-by-step. Step. This will walk you through how to sell your home without a real estate agent. That's what he did. And he gave wow. thousands of these away. But he told me his numbers on average, 12% of the people that he gave that free manual to would come and end up using his service, right? Because they go through the process and they saw, oh, I don't have time to do this. Or maybe there's a, a hang up here or there, right? Because what he was selling was not money. He was selling time, 
right? And and to me, the way that I look at at business in general, right, and just kind of playing off of your, you know, your analogy there is that as an entrepreneur, in no matter what industry, if you want to make lots of money, you need to sell to people who have lots of it and not enough time, because those are the only two things you sell: you sell time or money, right? And what we sell, so for in particular, when I saw this guy's example of the real estate, you know, with his manual, I was like, well, can I do the same thing with our production agency? So for our, for our podcast production agency, I actually put through and we have videos that walk people, they can literally hand it to people's team as an SOP, because what ends up happening is out of every hundred people that come through there, we have 10 to 12 of them who reach out to us and are like, I don't have time to do this myself. Can you just do it? And it becomes so much better of a sales process because right. we're not selling the money thing, right? It cost isn't a problem at that point. It's time. How much time do they have? I, I love that so much because the person who, let's say that you do give the SOP and like, perfect, that's what I was looking for. They weren't going to buy your high ticket program to begin with. And yeah. so why would you waste your capital trying to sell someone something that they have no intention or they're they're not the right fit for that? So instead, Josh, it sounds like what you're talking about is, is you're allowing you know, leading with enough generosity that people can say, wow, so thank you for this and this and this, but um, I, I feel like we're earning that trust, right? And then people will allow people to kind of filter themselves, right? And and they will go where it feels most appropriate. Um, but I love that, that, that display of trust, right? So rather than saying, well, I'll give you that info, but it's going to cost you $7 for my trip, tripwire product. I mean, I don't know, that might be appropriate in some places, but generally I'm like, that's eh, kind of a roadblock for me. It's too much friction. I, I don't right. really care. I, I feel like, you know, am I worth $7 to you or is my relationship potentially worth a little bit more? And if it is, um, I'm a big fan of setting up fat or I like to use the term and I live here in Orlando, um, kind of like a fast pass lane right? Um, for those who it's appropriate. Like they, Brilliant. they don't mind paying the extra money in order to kind of get straight through to the thing. And so if they qualify, then what are some ways that we can set up a fast pass lane where they can go straight to the other class? Because um, I believe that five and 10, $25,000 clients don't behave the same as uh, a, a $50 client. Now, <laughs> can, can I let, can I have you maybe talk about that? Uh, like, yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm the, I'm the, under the the opinion that if you don't pay, you don't play. I, I know for myself, being a poor college kid, when I started um, my you know my my first business, I was going around trying to find the cheapest methodologies possible because I couldn't sure. afford anything yeah. else, you know. And I was that horrible client because they they I'm constantly asking questions, I'm constantly needing help. You know, we we have a client who pays us uh, I want to say like twenty some odd thousand a month, and we never hear from them. <laughs> We literally just do our work and we step away. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's because they have a different money view, right? All they want is the result. And they're going to tie ROI to that result. And they say, okay, if you can give me X result, I will give you Y amount of, of money, right? And as long as it doesn't outweigh itself, you're a winner, right? Does that answer your question, Josh? Because I'm like, that's that's exactly where my brain always goes with it. Yeah, and and I'd say like, it, let's say you're you're a you know, you, you've got budget, like you're doing well, companies at seven figures at this point, you've got budget to invest in growth uh, um, opportunities and, and service providers that are going to generate return on investment. But um, so you would not do the same thing. The Josh tap today does not do the same activity that the Josh tap of many years ago would do. Right. right. So, um, you likely don't have the patience for being lumped in with a bunch of freebie seekers, for example. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's a great example because I recently, I was talking to a guy, he does masterminds and I bought one of his masterminds like two, three years ago. He's a fantastic guy. But when I got in there, I realized I was the wealthiest person in the room mm. and I was not expecting that. And so when I got in there, all of a sudden I became the answer man. And so I paid, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to be the answer man. Oof. And it totally turned me off to buying his program again, even though he's resolved that problem. Yeah. It actually kind of turned me off to working with him in some ways, right? Because I'm like, well, if I'm the guy who provides the best answers and I was promised, hey, the networking is going to be fantastic, mm -hmm. then I'm not getting what I need. 
but on, on the same token, right? It's, it's how you're selling to who you're selling to, right? Because we constantly run into this problem with offers that our clients will offer where, where they're like, okay, I want to be a coach and I'm going to charge three to $500 or whatever. <laughs> I remember it just, to me, I'm like, you're going to attract broke people. I know. And, yeah. and they're not going to, they're not going to buy. First off, you're going to be chasing people for pennies when you can literally offer this exact same thing to somebody who's more fun to work with for 40 times that price point, And they won't even blink an eye at it. Right. Yeah. Charge them $40,000. They'll be like, sweet money in hand. Right. <laughs> Josh, some people hear that and they go, well, I don't know where those people are. Right. So that's the podcasting, right? That's, Josh, <laughs> that's what we talk about, right? When that's you work, Josh mentioned earlier in the interview, right? Yeah. I, I, I knew this right from media is that when you, let's say on the, and again, these are completely fictitious numbers, but let's say that there were an influence scale from like one to a hundred, right? And you're, let's say you're at like a 35, you're a little bit newer in business, but you've, you've had some success, right? And you want to do business with someone that say like a, a 60, Right. Well, it's people are usually pretty good at, at kind of figuring out where people are. And so if you want to go from 35 to 60, and again, this sounds completely superficial. I fully acknowledge this is superficial, but this is how people do business, right or wrong. Our brains just, think in numbers. Yep, yeah. There's, um, you know, I, I try to figure out, well, is this person, are they have social proof? Do they have authority in what they're doing? Do, do they work with people like me? What's, you know, what are their clients like? Are they like me? Are they used to working with people like me? I need to know that I'm in the right room if I'm going to be making a buying decision and making an investment of some sort. And so what I found is that, um, and it's kind of like that, um, you know, combined average of the five people you hang around with most kind of thing too, right? And and generally, unless you're there completely from a charity or service-minded perspective, um, usually you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. You don't want to be the wealthiest or most successful person in the room because you're going to run into a situation kind of what you did, right? right. And so um, now, how do you get and build proximity to folks that are at those higher levels? Service. You, you need to provide an active service. The same thing worked in, like if you want to get tons of media, it's easy. Find out who the producers are and do something very nice. Make them look amazing at their job. What can you do to make it easier for them to make them look amazing at their job? What do they want? What's in it for them? And try to figure that out. And, and that's where you should laser focus all of your energy, even to the detriment of you know what your desired outcomes are. Play the long game here because again, that relationship with that TV producer could probably pay you uh, many times over. I've done like 800 TV segments in Orlando alone. And those are pretty much from just three different TV stations. It's, right. it's that relationship that I invested into at the beginning. And, um, you know, as a result of that, that's that's all I do for that's all I did for advertising for Savings Angel is I just kept on showing up on TV and like, hey, it's the Savings Angel again, you know, <laughs> and I do my Savings Angel thing. Um, but again, I got into those circles of influence through the mindset of like, how can I make this producer look good at their job? Same thing when you're wanting to work with higher level clients. What's something that you can give them that they truly, truly want, which, again, why I always come back to platform and specifically podcasts, because if they are a person of influence, they have wisdom and experience and success. Generally, a good chunk of those people have a mandate to either share their message for, for either significance or for generativity, right? They, they either want to be known for what they do uh, and Oftentimes it's an and uh, they want to give back. It feels good for them to serve the next generation of entrepreneurs. So again, we want to use that dynamic and that desire, what's in it for them. And we make the experience all about them 100%. And what do we get out of it? We get the association and we get the relationship, which again, plant where you plant your seeds, not necessarily where you're going to reap your harvest, but again, you you know, imagine now having a couple of hundred center centers of influence, you know, people who know you, like you, and trust you a little bit. What and and I, I wasn't just kind of add on to that of like the fastest way to kill that relationship is by trying to shove something down their throat that they don't okay, want. Don't do that. 
Please right. Because, <laughs> and, and I want to come back to your comment, right, of like bastardizing the podcast, right? Because a lot of people will leverage the method that you and I teach of, you know, leverage your show for this, this methodology, Just leverage a platform for this, but the fastest way to kill that deal yeah. for life and that relationship, which is way more valuable than that single deal yep. is to try to sell to them. Or the second thing is to give them a horrible experience, right? That's right. I, I always tell people is as you're interviewing somebody, as you're talking to somebody, like you're saying, what's, how are you going to serve them and make them look so good that they're just going to tie their success to you? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I'm, I'm always looking at it as the the fastest way into the quote unquote boys club, the yacht club, whatever you want to call it, right? Or girls <laughs> club. Or girls club, exactly, right? Not to, not, but I always call it the boys club because everybody yeah, knows yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. But But to get into those clubs, you just have to have an invitation from one of them. It's not that hard to to start swimming in these circles. And and in my opinion, the fastest way to do that, even if you have no production, you literally have a phone, you have a single phone, you don't have any AirPods, you don't have anything, right? You just have a phone. How could you take that phone, which all of us have, and create something that that a multimillionaire, billionaire, whatever you're, you're looking for could, could leverage to look fantastic. Right. And, and the truth is, is that if you just do a little bit of due diligence, you could figure out how to make a fantastic conversation with this person that that's different for them because you genuinely care. And people are always looking for these crazy concepts to make their show different, but just care about the person and have genuine curiosity. And they'll, they will tie the success of that interview to you. Yeah. I'll give you a great example of a way you could do this. Even if you don't have a podcast, you you really don't have a following at all. Um, so uh, I'm sure we've we've all been to conferences where we've just been a face in the crowd, right? I've, I've you know I, I've been a keynote speaker, and then I've also been where like <laughs> nobody knows me here, <laughs> yeah. and and it's a different experience. Uh, but but here's. Um, one thing I did. It was more for my wife. Um, we went to a conference, professional conference for her. Um, you know, she's. She's the reason ever there, but I'm interested in this. It was interested in the subject. So I went along with her and uh, I found out who the, uh, you know, the conference, who was running the conference, right? The, the person in charge. And um, so I was a member of a group that was interested in that topic. Right. And so I said, listen, there's probably a lot of people that would be really interested in this conference. Would you mind just doing a quick live uh, that I could do to this Facebook group? And she's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. And so uh, then I, you know, I had permission, obviously, you know, don't you know, don't violate any, uh, you know, uh, group terms and conditions and so forth of, you know, the mod, you don't want to get booted out by the mods. You don't want to do bad behavior, but if you have permission to do a live stream and share content to that group, um, and don't sell, you know, but so what I did is I said, well, let, um, so then I just grabbed my phone, you know, turned the selfie camera on. I, I clicked it and I said, Hey, I know I'm here with, I forgot her name. Um, you know, and it was like, you know, we're here on the ground, you know, at this, at this conference. And, you know, and I was like, tell me all about, you know, what this conference is, who it's for, et cetera. And, and so she's like, yeah, it's, you know, and then she, you know, she starts talking about it and stuff. And, and I'm like, I'm like, well, and then, you know, and then I started pointing out some of the vendors, which, I know what their business model is, of course, right? I know that those if those vendors have a great experience, that makes that that makes her look good. And right. so now knowing that ahead of time, I'm like, and of course there's vendors here. And w- is it okay if we kind of say hi to a few of these? She's like, yes, you know. And so I just did this. The whole thing wasn't more than like five, six minutes, right? I was doing this right. live stream. All I'm doing is I'm asking her questions. I'm not trying to be. Mr. Personality, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm making her the star of the show, right? And then when I get done with that, um, you know, uh, I, I hit stop and like, yeah, thank you so much for that. She goes, thank you. And she's like, you know, who are you? You know, she starts asking me questions like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? You know, and I said, oh, you know, I'm just here with my wife. My wife's a licensed marriage and family therapist, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, well, let me meet her. And so then I connected the two of them and, you know, who knows, right? You know, yeah. so it's, um, but what I do know is again, that concept of where you plant your seeds, not necessarily where you reap your harvest. And um, I just know that it's always the right thing to lead in generosity and just watch what happens. It, it, it all will always come back to you. Well, I have a, a question with this, Josh, because I know myself, I, sometimes I overdo the value and I get, I get in trouble. 
for it, right? And so I'm curious where the line is that you draw, and maybe I should explain this with, an, with a story, but we've, we, um, about four times probably over the past five years, I have taken on a, I'm going to help you guys, n- like no questions asked type situation. And then they're like, well, I'll give you some equity. I said, sure, let's take some equity, right? Because equity just means $0 for marketing, right? Mm. Those people, 20 to 40 hours of my time a week, right? Constant questions, constantly asking me stuff. So I'm just kind of curious, where do you draw the line with with the value that you're providing or how do you provide a value that makes it a win-win, not just a a win on their side? Yeah, totally. So in my view, that probably would not have been, if they don't meet, you know, because I know what the value of, this comes down to value-based pricing, right? And I know what the value of my outcome is. I know how valuable my team is and I know what our outcomes are. So I have to honor that. And when people come back and say, oh, would you be able to do this or whatever? I'm like, you know, normally I probably would, but because we were already working with so many people and and I've got to get, I'm just in this weird world where there's probably good opportunities I have to say no to simply because if we engage you know, I'm going to have to invest potentially, you know, well, I know thousands of dollars, but maybe even in excess of $10,000 or more to, in order to get us to the results that I'm going to deliver, right. Which I'm obligating myself to, right. Um, then, then there's just that investment. If it doesn't work out, I'm okay with that. Like, and I tell people like, yeah, you know, if you know, I'll show you what my pro, you know, how my program works. It may or may not be a fit for us. And I am okay. And I'll tell you, that there's there's a real magic to them seeing that you're okay with whatever the outcome is, right? And even if you'll have some, you know, you have someone asks you, you know, well, what's your intention here? Just uh, say, well, I mean, I, mean, I honestly, I'd love, you know, if there's an opportunity for us to partner in some way, awesome. If not, uh, listen, maybe I could share some great ideas or whatever. I don't mind sharing ideas within, uh, you know, a. Um, you know, within a, within a finite window, as long as I know that that person is moderately qualified, right? But I asked Bob Berg specifically about this, uh, my interview with him. And uh, in fact, I reached out to Bob uh, and, and I suggested, Bob, I'd love to collaborate with you. You know, and I wasn't specific initially. He said, great, my speaking fee starts at $25,000 and I would be thrilled to partner with you. Is that kind of what you're thinking? And <laughs> And he does that very intentionally. And I asked him about that. He goes, I have to set up boundaries because I'm only one person. Yes, I've got team and stuff like that. But if you're asking for my personal attention, I I just, I'm in a weird position where I just have to be so deliberate with that. And I hope you understand. And we all do, right? So yeah, in that case, um, I, I just, you know, I, if you're, if you're generous for people with enough folks that are qualified, um, you, you, you just won't have the bandwidth for the, you know, when they want to come back and renegotiate, I'm like, ah, oh, I appreciate that. I probably would be asking for the same thing. If I were you, I just don't have the bandwidth for it. I'm so sorry. I wish I could, I would love to. Um, cause you know, obviously this is a great opportunity for us, but you know, um, you know, if today's not a good, you know, you're not at the position where you can make that investment not a problem. Like us, you know, happy to reconnect down the road. If you want to get the momentum going, you know, if you want me to, you know, maybe we could work something out on payments or something like that, you know, maybe we can make that work. And, um, but I, I, I kind of stick to my guns on that because I, I know that there's not only is there true cost to engagement, there's also opportunity cost and opportunity. And, uh, that's really important. And I'll tell you too, final, final thought on this, um, is that, those I found pretty consistently that those sorts of relationships, if there's, if there's, um, I don't want to say scarcity is not really the right word, but if there's a scarcity of resources at the beginning, that usually doesn't get better right away. It, it, it's going to take a while um, until they figure if they're already operating at a place where they've kind of figured those things out, you don't have to worry about any of that. So I would rather just, always part as friends, always leave consul- with consolation prizes, always leave with the door open, um, but but being protective of both your bandwidth and your team's bandwidth. Sorry, long answer, but I no, love I, that I love question <laughs> because it's it's very real and it happens. Yeah. You'll get those invites. And, and I found that that's the way that I generally handle those. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that assessment because honestly, most of our clients get these opportunities 
four or five times a week. You know, I yep. get the same thing and it, yep. and it happens quicker than you think because everybody wants a piece of your time, yes. but you end up getting to a point where it gets to be like, you're saying you have to approach it. I love what was his name? John Berg. You said it was the one. Oh, Bob Berg. Yeah. Bob the go-giver. Berg, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So fundamental. Okay. Books that you absolutely must read. I've mentioned several at this point, but if there's one book that you read and what, what's the book that Josh Elledge recommends, it's the go-giver by Bob yeah. Berg. Uh, or you could read um, go-givers sell more by Bob Berg, which is a little bit more, you know, just focused on the sales flow of things. Um, that's basically the handbook to what I'm talking about. Uh, perfect. We have just layered on the application of that philosophy. So he, he doesn't get into a lot of specifics, but once you understand and, and become converted to that way of engaging and, and thinking about how you show up in the world, um, you know, you, you'll look at something like, Joshua, you and I are doing and it is the biggest no-brainer in the world because there's values alignment with that. Yes, do I want to invest uh, into that that guy over Menlo Park? You know, or you know, do I do I do I want to give money to these ad platforms and you know, clever, super clever funnels, uh, or do I just want to spend time with awesome people and invest into those relationships? I, I like the third. I like not having to be feel so much pressure to be this amazing marketer or salesperson. I would rather just be genuine with people. Yeah, I, I agree. And I know we're coming up to the end of our time here, but I just want to throw this out there because I think what you're saying is 100% truth. And, and that most, most people who hear this message, I know we deal with this a lot with people who come to us and the intimidation factor for them is, how, how on earth I'm going to talk to somebody like that, or that high of level or whatnot, or I don't have any service that they could, that they would want. Right. I, I think there's a new generation of entrepreneur coming out. And, and I think that it's kind of that next wave of actual marketers and entrepreneurs. And I believe it's the person who is, is the prescriber, the prescriber, excuse me, yeah, because we, we've called it affiliating and we've called it you know, all sorts of different things, say, selling for commission or whatnot. But the truth is, is half of the sales that I make are not for my own company. Mm. It's, it's actually more than half of the sales that I make for, for me. And a lot of people we work with, and I'm sure you do the same thing, Josh is like, it, it's, it's learning to make relationships with people who have the best solution to a problem that your ideal customer has. And then being the prescriber for those solutions, it's mm -hmm. so much less dirty and gross as, as trying to sell somebody as it is to just be the person who prescribes the situation, like diagnoses the situation and prescribes a solution that maybe is not their own. And it never feels gross to the person being quote unquote sold to oh because gosh, they're like, no, oh man, you know, my problem, you know, the best solution to it. Great. Right. And then a lot of times you get paid for it. I've, I've watched, if I were to start over again, that's exactly what I would do. Oh, totally. I would not build a single brand of my own. Yep. I would just go and create a podcast. And I would just be interviewing people, creating that network, like you said, those 100 people and referring them to other people's services because there's millions and millions of dollars of revenue there. And there, people are gladly, like, they're glad to give it to you. I mean, for us, if somebody refers us a client, I am happy to give you a fat chunk of the profits yep. because I didn't have to do any work to bring that person in. You did it for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my, I think that's where the market's going. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. You know, it's like, it, you know, it most of the times, like when we look at profit margins, like 20%, that could be a, you know, maybe that's teeny tiny to you. Maybe that's a lot to you, but 20%, you know, fine. I, you could probably, you know, you could probably build a, a successful agency on a 20% profit margin. That would be fair for everybody. Um, again, I, I don't believe in this as a pricing scheme, but I'm just saying, let's say that your profit margin were 20%. You can make that same 20% and not have to fulfill any services. You're just, um, just like you said, you're, you're going to say, oh, you know, and, and Josh, there's something that's so liberating about saying, um, you know, I would be competent at, at something like that. I, I, matter of fact, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person, I, I know what you're talking about. I would not be the person you'd want to work with, but I'll tell you who I go to, to solve that problem. I just had a conversation with someone about, you know, uh, going through a full branding exercise. Well, I know the basics at it, but I am not, listen, I am not going to stay. I am not going to stray outside of my zone of genius. Um, I only do one very specific thing. And if that's not a fit for you and you need something else, I'll let you know. 
And I'm like, it doesn't sound like I'd be a really good fit for you um, because I only do this one very nerdy thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you need that one nerdy thing, I'm about one of the best on the planet for that very, you know, for that audience doing that thing for achieving this outcome. That's my, that's what I'm here for. Anything else, you know, if you're not in kind of our uh, audience demographic, our customer client, you know, demographic, eh, I'm not really good for you. Like I, we don't do a lot of big corporate work. For example, we generally work more with the consultants, coaches, agency owners, B2B service providers. And once they start getting, you know, we, we sixes and seven figures, once if they're above seven figures and they start getting to be, you know, a bigger type company, it's not really our, it's not my favorite. So I would much rather just kind of refer that business out to someone who specifically deals with corporate clients because they're going to, they're just going to be much more of a fit for um, that particular client. And, and ultimately what I've learned is it's not worth the stress on your team. If you, if you pick a bad fit client, um, it's never, it's never going to work out well on the balance sheet. It's going to cause more harm to your team. Uh, It's going to be more of a drag. You're probably not going to get them the results that they really, really want. uh, Or you, the results are not going to be as good as you do with your typical client. And so therefore it's just, it's not real satisfying. You're going to end up doing B minus level work. Um, You should only be working with clients that you could do a plus level work in my opinion. I I agree entirely. And, And the truth is with that is, is the, the emotional toll that that extra 10% margin gives you of doing your of doing the work yourself half the times is not worth it. I, I have found for myself, right? You know, our company, we run at a 40% margin. We tell people that all the time. That's exactly what we run at. And half of that, sometimes we give away to the referrer, right? We usually give half the profits away to, to people that refer people to us. But what we found is running at a 40% margin takes so much time, attention, hiring so many different people. I would rather take a 20% cut of somebody else. Oh, totally. Exactly not have to do I anything. Do. <laughs> not even touch it, right? Yeah. We closed, we closed a deal like, I don't even know, six months ago or something. It was a million dollar deal between this, this multi-billion dollar company and a marketing company. And they give us a 20% cut, right? Mm. And it comes every month, every single mm-hmm. month, right? And, and that like, to me, I don't even have to touch. I haven't talked to either of those companies in six months. Right, yeah. but the the money keeps coming in. I keep telling people like just focus on that because if you're just the matchmaker, right? Odds are you're probably going to end up with a lot more money first off, but you are on the the good list of both those people. If you went to any of them and said, "Hey, I'm launching my own product or service," they would gladly refer you because you set them up with an amazing situation that helped both of them win. And I, I just think having that list of like you mentioned earlier in the interview, right, was a hundred people, right? Those, if you can just have a hundred people who know you and that you have served, it always yields very, very valuable results to both sides. I hope that if there are any podcasters that are listening to our conversation right now, that they take serious heed to what you and I have been talking about, because I think that the vast majority of podcasters are tripping over huge stacks of cash to pick up pennies. Oh, I'm going to keep on building my audience and then I'm going to get a sponsor for the show. That's chump change compared to the commission that you were just talking about. <laughs> Honestly, right. unless right. you're, I mean, the, the chances of, I mean, it's, that's a grind to build a huge, yeah. huge audience like that today. Uh, and Way if you can just in, instead, just, just stay in the green room and just, you know, network with amazing, amazing people and make connections and watch what happens. Love it. That's where I would end it, man cut the recording. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So Josh, let's, let's kind of share, a, you know, just kind of reminder where, where each of us are, you are on the web at the lucky titan.com. Uh, and, and uh, do you want to just share just a little bit about when, when folks go there, what they should click on, what they should do, you know, or kind of high level, you know, yeah. how, who you work with and, and how you work with them. So I'm actually going to throw them to a different link. If that's okay with oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, please. I, I would have them go to podcastmultipliers.com forward slash steal my business. That's that link I mentioned earlier where it has literally everything. You don't even have to put in an email. It's like, go steal it. Go steal our model because what, we're, what we've been talking about, Josh and I here, that's that's what's there at that link. So just follow that and it'll it'll take you through the process. Awesome. One more time, one more time on the URL. Yeah. So it's podcastmultipliers.com forward slash steal my business. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> and then we are uh, found at uh, upmyinfluence.com. And uh, I've got a, a simple quiz that'll help you identify what your number one lead generation blocker is. And then 
boy, Josh, this sounds familiar. I'm just going to give you a ton of free stuff. And if we never work together, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, certainly listen to the guest who comes and checks us out. Listen, if if you want to come knock on my door and you're like, Josh, Josh, I want to work. Okay. You know, we could have, we could talk about that, but like, we're good. Like, and uh, you know, but you know, thrill, thrilled to be of service uh, no matter how that looks. Uh, and of course, Josh, I think you and I are always each looking for great podcast guests as well. Um, and, and at your website, um, if someone's like, Oh, I love the lucky Titan. Hey, wait a minute. I could be a guest. How do they do that? Same link. Just go to podcastmultipliers.com forward slash steal my business. Everything's there. All right. Sounds good. And same link for me. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you want to be a guest on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur, yes, we are actively booking guests. So Josh Tap, thank you so much. Again, thank you, you're the Josh founder Ellis. CEO of the Lucky Titan. Uh, this has been an awesome conversation. Same here, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and reshare you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.